Hey, welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast, The Daily Fix. My name is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. Let's get at it. Okay, I admit it. I'm like a lot of other people, and I want to talk about Carl Kruger on the stand-up paddleboard who's coming in tomorrow. Well, I think you're listening to this, so he's coming in the day you're listening to this. And I do. I want to talk about them because that's a physical thing I've never experienced before, like I've never been a part of, like I've never gotten to see before. It's really incredible. But let us not forget that this race is about many, many different things and that there are a lot of bright lights out there south of us. I'm going to play a couple things today. One is that I had a chance to talk with Mark at Team Freya, and he sounds fantastic, really. He was talking about outboards and all kinds of other esoteric things that made me feel really good about how far he's come and how healthy he is coming into Catch Can because he's coming in tomorrow, too. How's it going? so glassy out here. It's a great opportunity to shave and do all kinds of grooming and maintenance. <laughs> Clean yourself up and catch a can. It's glassy. Are you rowing? I was for a while. I, uh, I'm, I'm about to raft up with another sailboat. Um, I had to cut my anchor free a couple nights ago in uh, Granville Channel. I'm currently anchorless. And uh, I'm going to hang out with these people for the night. Uh, I can't anchor, and I'm nowhere near a marina, and I've got no uh, strength left to get around with uh, the current that's ensuing in a in a couple hours here. So I, uh-huh. I'm looking forward to getting there and getting this thing done. I got a bunch of fog filling in around me, and, uh, yeah, so it's it's prudent. I'm done for today. Yeah, yeah, I know it's, it's so hard, isn't it, when you get so close to the barn door to not be able to get in it. Great. I'm going to start in the morning and uh, give it another go. It's. It sounds like your spirits are high. It sounds like you're doing great. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm realistic, but, I mean, yeah, I'm, I, you know, this morning it was kind of interesting. I saw something that looked like a rainbow, but it also it had like a totally different look to it. Uh, sun sunrise was coming up. It was all the way from the ground up into the sky and into the clouds, and it was and it was kind of like a rainbow, but it wasn't. It would kind of look like northern lights, but flash looked like northern lights had a baby with a rainbow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So uh I'm making new friends every night it seems. Uh but, so am I the only crazy person to ever do this uh single handed on a monohole? Uh no. You're in an elite group of crazy single handing monoholers though. Definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. liking this boat. It doesn't seem to have any bad manners. Uh it's uh it's it's pretty good. So I I soft grounded this boat and uh I'll tell you I'll tell you the whole story when I got my girlfriend there too so you can protect me in her boat. <laughs> but, this has got to be this has got to be up there as far as difficulty of of races. Um it's it's kicking my butt. I mean, it's no swisher, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. It's yeah, it's it's the real deal and you're doing it. You are doing it, my friend. Definitely next level. 
All right, so uh, plan is I'll hopefully see you guys tomorrow. All right, fantastic, Mark. I look forward to seeing you. Great, bro. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Have a good night. Also, I had a chance to sit down with Team Sistership, and Sistership has come at this in a totally unique way. They're a bunch of women over 50. They recognize within themselves and the friends around them that there was a complacency that was being built up, this kind of nesting quality that they didn't like, the idea that there was no more adventure in their lives. And they've done a lot to turn that around, starting with racing last year and then again this year. But they've also set up a fund to raise money for adult and youth sailing for women. And it goes through the Northwest Maritime Center. And they raised $8,000 last year. They're raising $8,000 this year. They hit their mark. And they came in yesterday. And so I had a chance to sit down with them and talk about it. And I wanted to share that with you. All right, I'm sitting here with uh, Tim, who raced uh, the last two years, decided not to race this year, and we're sitting with Sistership, who just came in, minus Stephanie, who can't make it, uh, and they just got in yesterday. How y'all doing? Okay. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, I feel worse today than I felt when we got off the boat yesterday. It's caught up. It's amazing how you don't recognize all your aches and pains until you... That, all that, slept you know, in a nice bed, and all of a sudden you realize all the adrenaline. Holy crap. And, yeah, yeah. We woke up this morning, and uh, I couldn't. My hands, I couldn't feel my hands. They were asleep, and all these aches and pains I didn't know I had, and all of a sudden showed themselves. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if other people complain about the hands going numb with the uh, probably just the rowers. See, I think you said yeah. the other guy was having the same problem. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't barely close them and use them at all. Yeah, I feel like a gorilla trying to pick up the coffee this morning. I had to hold it with two hands like this. <laughs> all right, it's so bad. Why'd you do it? And two <laughs> get... years in a row. Two years in a row. Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah. So, honey, you better I'd say that one. early dementia. But <laughs> <laughs> I convinced her that the boat was ready, you know, and um, you could do it and they could relax and you could enjoy the scenery this time. And uh, I don't know what I was thinking, but... Um, I did convince her to do it again, and I don't know what I was thinking, especially this <clears throat> couple of times I thought, oh, holy crap, what, what did I get ourselves into? Too much wind? Uh, yeah, you know, this year's race was, I think if we would have had this year's race last year, we definitely would not have done it again. This year's race, um, we thought last year's race was hard because of the rowing. I think mm-hmm. we, you know, we said before, I think we've had a total of 70 hours of rowing. I think many people had that much or more, too, but for us, that, that was a lot of rowing. Um, but this year's race was just so much harder because of uh, intense wind and intense uh, sea conditions that just kept coming and just kept hitting us. And um, a couple of them caught us off guard. Uh, one when we were in uh, Fitzhugh Sound, we had full sails up. And uh, for sure, my fault, uh, not paying attention to where we were on the chart, uh, we hit one of those openings front that were to the sea, you know, like a, one of the passages. Yep, yep. And we had this huge Venturi effect that instantly we had, you know, 25 knots or more of wind, and that boat took off. I just couldn't believe how fast we were going. I think I told you last night, Dan, I, we were mm. going easy 20 miles an hour, if not 25. And I was just driving that thing. Uh, it was crazy. I was like, I was just trying not to dip that ama into a pitch pole. It was just all I could do just to control it and just go that fast and just slowly turn it up into the wind and get into the lee of the land before something happened. And yeah, that was one of those times in my head. I was like, 
think in this May Day situation and how we deal with the after effect of what was about to happen. Luckily, it didn't happen. But try over these last few years, I've tried to do a lot to educate myself on uh, multi-hole sailing and talking with experts on multi-hole and talking with people who have pitch pulled or who have turned them over um, and what they did and how it how it happened. And usually, what it happens is you do bury that uh, lured ama. And you don't go sideways; you pitch pull. Mm-hmm. And so, if you if you're going fast downwind and you end up burying that lured alma, that's when you're going to go. So uh, there, that happened a couple times too. Um, that scares me the most on on these boats. If you're going really fast and you're just going straight downwind, I try not to go down in, in a big sea state. Mm-hmm. And you're going down and boom, and you're just they're just going so fast in these things, you know that. Um, can, yeah. you, can you hove to for sale? Yeah, and yeah. You know that's uh, that's really how we have to reef it because we have a roller reefing, and uh, if it's under load, it doesn't want to roll right, very well. So enough. we pretty much have to hove to, and that's that can be scary too in a big sea state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened to us off of uh, Fox Creek when. The um, Qualcomm those Beach, Qualcomm Beach yeah, you know. Qualcomm, yeah. Well, it was a Qualcomm Beach, and plus, it, I think it was a front that came through because it was raining and stormy, and I, I'm pretty sure we were in 35 knot winds wow. there. And that's um, that was the same day after we hit our rudder, or that we hit our centerboard and, well, and bashed yeah, it up. Yeah, we realized the centerboard was something was wrong with it that night. Or yeah, we hit the we hit two rocks at an active pass. And um, what happened there was, um, you know, the rudder board or the center board, easy to pull it up, to, but pull it down, you have a, a block down in the bottom into the, into the compartment. Right. And so it got jammed up, and it popped that block off, and it got jammed into, into there, and it got jammed in an up position. Hmm. And um, I didn't realize it was so far up. And um, so... Now we're in trying to get into French Creek and these heavy winds, and we're just side slipping and we're not steering well. And it took us forever to get into there, and it was actually quite dangerous trying to uh, reef and get the sail down because of we were trying to heave to, but I don't know, it just wasn't something. It was night and it was dark, and was, the boat wasn't performing and it wasn't working well. And yeah, that was one of these times where we were like up on uh, one ama and. Mm. And everybody's trying to get their weight over there quick before you know it feels like you're going to go over i don't right, know if we're yeah. going to go over or not <laughs> but it sure felt like it and um yeah that was a scary night i'm curious too about like i mean you, you talked about like some of the high wind situations and then the the rock encounter um but uh, how did it feel you know you, you went into was it nanaimo where you got hauled out yeah, and, and so you went into Nanaimo. You figured out your centerboard, added some wood to keep it in place, yeah. and then you took off after after that. And how did it feel? Because you looked very fast. I mean, I was just tracker junking it up. But uh, I mean, how was that run after you took off? You know, um, we were kind of inspired. <laughs> you know, that, that was hard with that, and then it was hard losing our crew who got sick and just saying, "Okay, can the three of us just do it?" And and then um, actually, that was sort of. For me, that was just like put a burr under my saddle. Yeah, okay, we're doing it. We're okay. Fix this. 
crew's leaving. Okay, done. Let's just get the heck out of here and let's go. Let's see how fast we can push this boat. And we we pushed it as fast. We we're, our goal was to peel off well, as many people as we could once we left. Nanaimo. Well, everybody, <laughs> you were doing everybody exactly was talking that. about the big storm. You know, the warning on Thursday. Yes. That's when we fixed our boat, and they were like, "It was going to be nasty out there." And we were like, "We don't care. <laughs> we don't care about Qualcomm Beach. Whatever you guys say, we're reefing and we're going." And we flew that day. Yeah, flew. yeah. You know, because our goal this year was to really do so much better. We, I, I know the boat so much better. I think I only sailed, sailed it five or six times last year before right. the race. Our crew hadn't sailed it. I mean, we spent all year sailing this boat. This this boat. I mean, we did the Newport to Ensenada with our crew, and mm. um, we were ready. And it was just disappointing that I thought oh, I want to finish in the top ten for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we probably sure could have, but. You know, things happen for whatever reason. And um, so then at that point, our goal changed to just let's see how, let's not let Carl beat us. <laughs> so, so, no, we just wanted to peel off as many as we could. And um, There's going to become a critical mass of boats at one point where the first year, for example, I didn't really meet anybody after Nanaimo. That was it. We didn't yeah. meet any other competitors. This year, the fleet in the middle not that you wanted to be in the middle I get it but the fleet in the middle you, the, the camaraderie that has yeah. happened and now is evident at the, at the finish line yeah we had a great opportunity this time especially when we met up with the Gracie B you know they were in the same cove as us he, said, he, he calls us on the radio he says I see you're hiding behind such and such island we had both been into the uh, Queen Charlotte Straits, and it was just really building. And yeah. and uh, I think we it was a 12 or 14 hours of driving through that. And it was like, let's just go tuck in. It's just building way too much. And um, so those guys, so they show up, and they're he's, like, he's like coming around the corner yeah. in this tiny little spot. They're going, we're, we're, the, we're the three men over 50. <laughs> we're like, come on, we'll feed you some hot food. <laughs> and they, all six of us were sitting in our boat. It was a great experience talking to those guys. Yeah, you know, I yeah. have a great interview of uh, Ernie Baird. Oh, really? Got, it on, got a film about why he wanted to do this race. Yeah. And, you know, he he's really echoes most of us. He was he was feeling complacent. For his 70-some-year-old guy, he was feeling complacent in his life. He's like, I'm feeling soft. I'm feeling soft. Yeah, good for him. It's easy. Yeah. My life is easy. I need to do something different. You know, and I, that's that's the reason yeah, that, I wanted that, to do it last year. I was feeling the same. That was great to hear him say that because yeah, it, it's not really just women. We just happen to be women, but men have the same same mm-hmm. thing too. And the, that boat certainly was kind of our, you know. Uh, I think everybody is, we uh, we asked each of them why they wanted to do it. it was sort of really the same reasons that we wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool to sh- have that uh, shared experience with them. I think it's also really cool to be a part of a, a group. You know, of of all these people, you know, people standing on the dock. I mean, we didn't do the race with them, but you know, they knew because they had done it too. You know, and and that's really cool to be a part of the same fraternity as uh, the rest of the racers. No, I just I just think this. You know, thank you, really, you guys, for all the efforts you've put into this because I think yeah, it's, it's a great race. You know, I'm losing my voice, obviously, but the opportunity to do something like this and to to kind of really challenge your fears, at least for me, and um, and to realize you can do you can do things that you never ever thought you were capable of doing. Um, you put yourself out there, and you just trust that the forces of nature are in your favor. And, and if they're not, you deal with it. And 
oh, you just come out stronger. And, and I think to have been able to do that twice is just awesome. And I think anybody who's listening to this, if you have those opportunities, um, take them because there's nothing in life that makes you feel more alive than doing things like this and makes you appreciate your day-to-day routine. So thank you. Thanks, thanks for sitting down with us and uh, talking about your time coming up. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for your smiles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow it all at r2ak.com. This is Daniel Evans, race boss for Race to Alaska. Yeah, let's all be heroes.